Hello, and welcome to the Sporting Chance Podcast. I'm Matt Maritea. I'm going to be your host. This is a podcast that's all about talking sports and having a beer or maybe two. So, thank you for stopping by, and without further ado, let's get to it. As always, welcome to the uh, Sporting Chance podcast. And as always, uh, let me just read off a couple of things, right? So first off, I want to say thank you as always too for the support from uh, Lanafee. Lanafee is workout gear that is going to help you kick your workouts up a notch, especially at home, right? But Really, why do we work out fundamentally to look good, right? We all want to be that schvelt, you know, that schvelt character, you know, with the shirt clinging you know, a little bit, you know, the shorts that, uh, you know, it looks like you're filling them out with your legs. It looks powerful, like you could jump something, you know. Lanafee is the clothes you want to wear when you look like that. It's also clothes that you can wear to help yourself look like that. Fantastic workout gear. Uh, you know, just from, you know, uh, yeah, performance wear, shorts, shirts, um, you've got wrist guards, weight belts, lanyards, everything you could possibly need for a day at the gym or your at-home gym as well. Um, so, Lanafee, and if you want something off and something to help me out, use my code Marita, M-A-R-A-T. E-A. And as always, after you've gotten done at the gym and you're in your fresh Lanafee gear, make sure you grab yourself some FNX Fit supplements. I'm telling you guys, this stuff is really good, uh, tastes good, works uh, very well as well. Uh, I really love the PM Protein. I think it helps me maximize the most out of my night workouts as well as be able to wind down. Uh, you know, I used to have a hard time because... I prefer to work out at night. I think it helps me clear my head, but then the rest of my body was kind of revved up. So the PM protein blend specifically, I think helps out a lot. Working out more towards the day, they got regular proteins, krill oils, uh, super greens, which is a huge thing now. I'm thinking about incorporating into, uh, you know, what I've got going on health and wellness style. Now, being, uh, using these things helps me with the podcast. It helps me with my workouts it just helps me be me so part of being me is the sporting chance podcast so use the code sport chance whenever you get the chance to uh, and make sure that you capitalize the s and the c sport chance uh it's going to give you some money off okay why not so Use the code SPORTCHANCE next time you roll up to fnxfit.com. And that's all I have to talk about for those thingies. Okay, done with the ads. Let's just jump right into it. Hello to everybody on Squawker, if anyone's on Squawker. What I'm... It's NFL draft night, right? And I'm going to get into that in just a second. 
It was also Earth Day. So I have a beer called Green Earth. It's an American PL from the Brotherton Brewing Company. 5.5% alcohol by volume. It is a nice looking green can. Also, Eagles Green, Go Birds. Um, you know, it's brewed with rye, oats, and Munich malt, Simcoe, and Citra hops, all staples. Uh, you know, all things that I enjoy a ton. So, really looking forward to getting this beer. Flavors and aromas, they've got a huge list going. Fresh pine, uh, juicy resinous grapefruit mango, fresh cut grass, and deep, dank, earthy orange. Okay, yeah, when it promises that, I want to crack this baby open and start smelling it. So that's what I'm going to do. So, for you can crackers out there, we're taking it right after the five-minute mark, right? So, here we go. And one, two, and three. Woo! Oh, got my thumb wedged in there pretty nice. Woo! Okay, yeah. I'm definitely getting that mango-y grapefruit, right? So, in goes the beer. And I'm just pouring that out, making myself a nice little boomerang. I got green beer can. I got myself green beer glass. Yeah, I think I'm all set up to talk green draft. And I mean, really, the Eagles did what we were all afraid they were going to do. They, they might have reached, but at least they took a wide receiver, right? And that's the thing right now. Uh, I'm sure you probably just watched. The Eagles took Jalen Rieger, a wide receiver at TCU. Man stands 5'11", weighs uh, 205, 206 pounds. He uh, ran a 4'47", 40-yard dash at the combine at a 42-inch vertical leap. His dad is a former NFL defensive lineman, Monte Rieger. He was the Big 12 Offensive Freshman of the Year, and also the 2019 second all-team wide receiver, as well as punt returner, or kick returner. Okay, sounds pretty good. Now, TCU was not a great team, so Rieger's stats, and therefore his draft stock, suffered, right? So he ended up falling to the Eagles at 21, you know, he got taken after Henry Rokes III, who went first, after CeeDee Lamb. Uh, you know, after these guys that people thought maybe the Eagles should trade up and go get, maybe the Eagles are going to have to, you know, need to want, right? He went before Justin Jefferson, which I think is the main point of controversy here. Justin Jefferson, obviously, the, the very talented wide receiver coming out of uh, LSU, went the very next pick to uh, Minnesota, which hurts just a little bit. But we have to let that go. We have to live with what we live with, right? That Jalen Rieger is an eagle now. That's who we got. So what are some of his positives? What are some of his negatives? Obviously, he would, I mean, he, 
it was a highly ranked wide receiver. Mel Kuyper Jr. said he was going to go first round. Lots of people said he was going to go you know, late first, early second. Right, Pick 21 where the Eagles ended up drafting, that is kind of late first round. Right? We're getting, we're creeping into that area. What's really good about Rieger is that he's fast and that he can make plays. I mean, this guy has... Uh, right, four four seven. Not exactly, you know, uh, the biggest forty ever. But he probably weighed a little bit too much uh, when he went into the combine. Uh, if he, you know, dropped weight, which apparently he has lately, he'll be faster. Um, and, you know, and he's quick and elusive. Right, when he gets the ball, he avoids getting. Uh, when he gets the ball, all of a sudden you can't touch him. He's just out of grasp. He is a threat to reel off a touchdown from anywhere on the field and in any situation, whether it's kick returning, whether it is, uh, you know, on a bubble screen, uh, whether it's short routes, going over the top on a deep pattern. He's a playmaker, right, which is what the Eagles have been lacking. Now, the problem is, is, you know, 5'11", maybe scooting up a little bit in height. We don't know how that's going to affect uh, his competitiveness at the NFL level with bigger, stronger cornerbacks that he's got to deal with. Um, his route running is very good. Special teams abilities, all well and good. Uh, great acceleration. He's versatile. He can be used in gadget plays. I can see this guy in a jet sweep. Or a fake jet sweep, and then they jet sweep to Deshaun, or the fake jet sweep to Deshaun, and then the jet sweep on over to Rieger. Um, he can play all the receiver positions theoretically. Uh, he's probably more suited to being outside, but with his size and his speed, you think they're going to try to work him into the slot at least a little bit. I mean, one would sort of expect the Eagles to do something like that. Uh, I know I would. Um, his cons uh, he's got some cons and they might be big the thing everyone says with him is drops which oh god don't give it to me again drops we just got rid of Aguilar and now we got to deal with drops and now I have to take a pit, drink of this beer because I can't I had to bring up Nelson Aguilar said I wasn't going to do it <sighs> damn it so disappointed with myself and have to punish myself with this delicious delicious ale Wow. Well, I'm not going to dub it all that in a bag of potato chips yet, but interesting. Very good. Uh, yeah. I mean, it boasts a lot about the flavors that it is uh, bringing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if I can take a few more sips and find the rest of them. Right? I got one or two of them already. But anyway, so I had to bring up Nelson Aguilar when I was talking about Jalen Rager's drops. Okay. Rager, uh, you know, that those can be coached out because he's not not a guy that lacks competition or lacks heart. It, he just seems to be out of it sometimes, right? Like he, he wasn't sure what route he was running or wasn't expecting the ball to come to him and in and out of the hands. Um, 
know, that that's what all the scouting reports say. It's not that you know he's not going for it, right? Um, you know, his ball skills aren't up to par with his speed, which you know is understandable. I mean, who is? Uh, you know, when, when speed is your main weapon like his, uh, it would be very difficult for the the ball skills to actually match that. Um, yeah, uh, you've got that. You've got his lack of size, um, and he can be pressed. Right, a bigger, stronger, more physical corner is going to be able to jar him off the route. And if it's a short route, well, then he's pretty much over. And if it's a long route, then that's going to mess up timing. That could get Carson uh, Wentz in trouble, right? On a pass rush, if he has to wait, it could give the safeties a chance to get help over the top. Uh, there's a lot of intangibles, right? So Rieger is going to have to find a way to stay strong, right, while remaining quick without, you know, uh, sort of find a manageable weight for his NFL playing and really work on an explosive first step and you know being elusive to sort of counteract the fact that he may not have a physical advantage in a lot of his matchups with uh, cornerbacks at this level. Where I see him succeeding is in short routes, right? Maybe... Uh, if it's not a press coverage, if you can just get the ball into his hands and do it quickly, like a, an RPO scenario or you know quick slants, uh, you know something where it just gets the ball into the hands of a playmaker, right? And, and he can sort of play off of this role alternate of Deshaun, right? You can have one go deep while the other one, you know, runs quick over the middle and, and vice versa, and then. We'll see where it goes from there. I think Rieger sort of just automatically slots in at number two right now. Um, We'll see. I guess that makes Greg Ward four, uh, Ortega Whiteside your three, just because of draft position. But I I don't really know what's going to happen the rest of the draft. Um, It's all uphill from here, really. Uh, how he went and he got a wide receiver. Um, so there's that at least. But, um, you know, the Eagles didn't make any moves. So uh, we'll see how it all goes down and uh, what ends up being the end result of uh, all of this. I am uh, very interested to see how things shake down. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm worried <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's just, it's so hard to predict. Hmm. Um, so moving on there. Oh, wait, also. So, so Howie Roseman did reach, but there were technically some comparables, right, to uh, 
Rieger. One is Curtis Samuel, who, okay, he's an okay wide receiver. I like him a little bit. Uh, the other one is Randall Cobb. Now, Randall Cobb is a guy that I think is very good. Uh, I think if Rieger was able to turn out Randall Cobb-esque, that would be a, uh, a very good... Um, ultimate turn of events for the Eagles. Um, if not, then I guess Curtis Samuel, he could be a number two receiver one day. Um, you know, if not, then so be it. Uh, the Eagles will find a way or you know, go back to the drawing board as they always uh, seem to be want to do. Um you know, in other words, uh, it, how we reached, and now we're in a crapshoot scenario until the start of the season. And I've gone on for long enough about the draft, talked all I can about it. I love football, right? I'm a diehard Eagles fan, but I just, I can't get into too much draft talk, especially the day of. It's just an emotional time, right? So moving on. Another team in Philly made a move, and that was the Philadelphia Eagles? Yes, the Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, They have reportedly reached some type of agreement with a Swedish forward. Yay, Sweden. So, Linus Sandin uh, is a 23-year-old, played in the Swedish Elite League last year. He says he intends to sign with the Flyers. According to a report from Sportsnet Canada's Chris Johnson. Now, there is no current transfer agreement between the International Hockey Federation and the NHL as of right now. It seems like there's going to be, and they're just going to sort of roll over uh, everything they have. So there's no actual contracts to be signed yet. Um you know, sort of like how Mikhail Gregorenko just tried to sign with the Blue Jackets, and the NHL was like, "No, we, we can't do this right now. Like, what? What are you doing? Stop!" You know, sort of like someone who's frustrated by someone who obviously doesn't understand the rules, but it was such an obvious rule. Like, like, like how do you not get this? I'm not even going to explain it to you. Just don't. They've seemed to reach some type of verbal agreement with Linus Sandin. Uh, Sandin is the older brother of a Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman, Rasmus Sandin. He's a six foot one, two hundred nine pound winger. He finished tied for third uh, in the Swedish Hockey League this year with nineteen goals. Uh, they play a fifty. They had, well, he played fifty one games this year, had thirty six points. It is a slightly different league, right? They've got. Uh, the Flyers have a ton of guys over there, right? So they've probably seen him a lot. They've got uh, Ollie Likesell, Linus Hoberg, Adam Ginning, David Bernhardt, and Samuel Erson. This is a league they are pretty familiar with. Uh, Oscar Lindblom and Robert Haig also came out of the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, you know, Lindblom was SHL Forward of the Year uh, back in the day. And... Uh, Hag is from the same town as Sandin, 
and they uh, played together briefly in some international stuff. So, uh, you know, they're sort of uh, familiar with each other. Sandy went undrafted. He's turning 24 in May and has that sort of bottom six, you know, second line topped out, you know, potential. Right? He's not going to play on the second line. He probably shouldn't play on the second line, but he could be a third liner. He's definitely a fourth liner. But he could be a third-line NHL guy. And that sort of comes in at an important time for the Flyers as they're, you know, we're trying to get the season in. The NHL wants to have workouts in May, maybe get things up by late June, early July. Because the Flyers are going to eventually have to make some firm decisions with regards to their free agents and the future of the team, right? Because they've got a decent amount of... The third and, you know, they've got some fourth-line guys who are currently UFAs, right? Nate Thompson probably wasn't going to be back here anyway, but he's a UFA. Tyler Pitlick, who has impressed uh, and some people like a lot, he's a UFA. Derek Grant, another guy who has been impressive in his short time here and is having a career year, is a UFA, Right? But Grant, I mean, he's going to expect a, uh, you know, a raise from his seven hundred thousand dollars, even though he's thirty. Uh, Pitlick at a million dollars is pretty cheap. We don't know if he's going to get more money. Uh, you know, Thompson. I think Thompson's pretty much gone. Um, but you know, you also have Justin Braun, who's a UFA. He might want to resign. Uh, you got to work out Robert Haig and Phil Myers, who are restricted free agents, right? You've got Brian Elliott, who's a UFA after this year. Is he going to want to come back? Did the Flyers want to move on from him? Uh, you've got you know Carter Hart, who's going to be an RFA in two years. You've got Sanheim RFA in two years. You've got Nick Abe-Kubel RFA next year. You've got... Raffle and Lawton are UFAs in two years. Uh, there's a lot to start thinking about for Chuck Fletcher, right? You've got Nolan Patrick, restricted free agent next year. Who knows what's happening with him? Uh, Oscar Lindblom, another restricted free agent. Uh, it's, you know, who knows what's going to go on with his recovery. Um, so there's a lot going on, right? Uh, so uh, the Flyers are going to be facing some questions. And if they're adding this guy, right, uh, if they're adding Linus Sandin, it seems that it sort of spells the end uh, for someone, right? Whether it's Nate Thompson or Tyler Pitlick or Derek Grant it seems one of those guys is going to find themselves the odd man out because I don't think Sandin would sign or intend to sign with the Flyers without a pretty strong guarantee that he's going to play in the NHL. I don't think he would come over here to play in the A or you know have a chance at being called up. So, which guy is gone? Who knows? If you have an idea, let me know. Respond to the podcast at SportChancePod on Twitter at Sport Chance Pod on Instagram. Yeah, is, this, is that a more natural plug? Yeah, I think so. Thanks. Um, okay. Ooh.
<sighs> that is a good beer. That is one that can go down quickly, especially at 5.5%. You can have two or three of those before you really sort of have to check in and see, hmm, how am I feeling right now, right? <laughs> so uh, moving on, uh, another quick card update. I was looking through some stuff. Um, and I found a Pavel Bure holographic rookie card, which seems like it would be the coolest thing ever, right? And it's like, oh, my God, this has got to be worth something worth absolutely nothing you look it up it's trash people are selling it for cents on the dollar you know maybe even just a couple bucks if that or they have to sell it in a set like you have to sell something else to get rid of it and it's just weird because it is a cool card objectively like especially if you were a kid but i don't understand as to why they, they must have made millions of them and it must not be very rare but it is still cool and that's one of the fun things about collecting, because there are cards that are objectively cool, but are also objectively worthless. Um, and that's just one of those little fun things that you can sort of stumble upon. Uh, a subject I did want to touch on briefly is sort of how this NFL draft went with um, the whole you know, TV thing. So everybody's at home in front of their laptops and, you know, cameras or feeds are set up with the players. And that was kind of awkward because, yeah, I don't think they know when they're on camera or when to react. And they're just sort of sitting there chatting. You know, people are working two or three cell phones. Uh, the celebrations, the look-ins for that are kind of neat. Those are interesting. Um but other than that, whenever they flip to a player and his family, it can be kind of awkward. Like they don't know when they're supposed to be moving, or and you know you get that little glimpse into their life, and it's like it's almost uncomfortable. Like oh god, I would never want somebody to look at me and my family while we're watching TV because like that's when we're at our worst. <laughs> we're just sitting there, kind of looking like slobs. Now a lot of these people were dressed up; they were not looking like slobs, but it's just. Uh, they're in our home now. Like now they, they they look at how we live and what if they're, yeah, it's just weird, right? Roger Goodell changed his outfit halfway through. Uh, he started with the jacket buttoned up and then went to unbuttoned. And then all of a sudden he shows up in a sweater. Um, that's awkward. He seems like he hates this part of the job. And the only reason he liked announcing the draft is he gets to dap up every guy and they, you know, feel those emotions. And now he's just at home and people are just hate watching him. And he's like, I don't want to be doing this either. Um, what was cool was like the GMs and coaches at home, you know, watching TV, working on the computer, looking at things. That was kind of interesting. These are their kids running around in the background, you know, seeing that at the end of the day, those guys are just people too, right? Um, especially because a lot of them seem to have younger kids, which which was fun to see. Uh, they're just sort of hanging around in the background while dad's on the computer, dad's on the phone, you know, working those angles, uh, trying to work out a trade and whatnot. Uh, the panel, I mean, they did a good job as always. They didn't step on each other's toes. There's Mel Kuyper Jr. Lewis Reddick is, Lewis Reddick, I mean, is so good. I can't believe that he's not 
working for a team. I can't believe the Eagles haven't hired him back. I mean, that that guy is really good. Uh, Trey Wingo was terribly dressed. Um, he was wearing three shades of gray and some black, and his hair wasn't combed. I don't know what happened there. Um, it was an interesting overall television experience. Um, I think some aspects may end up becoming a bigger part. I think there's going to be a lot more of the war room cameras, maybe, going forward in other drafts that get back to uh, more conventional means. But uh, you know, other than that, this was it seems like a very it was a fun and weird one year oddity. You know, even for a brief moment, it, it was it brought some semblance of fun back, um, in a sports sense. So uh, happy for that, grateful for that, that I can enjoy the NFL draft without you know worrying about anything or. Or, you know, having been directly affected, or, well, I mean, I guess I am directly affected, but not uh, having any loved ones, you know, uh, be stricken with coronavirus or anything like that. You know, it hasn't touched my family in any way other than, you know, travel restrictions and stay-at-home orders. Um, And, you know, uh, job stresses. Um, But, yeah. So, thankful for that. Thankful that I got to watch the draft. Uh, excited for Jalen Rager. Um, Linus Sandin, he can be a guy, right? Why not? Uh, yeah, 19 goals, 17 assists, 36 points, and 51 games. I'm cool with it. Swedish, Swedish Hockey League, one of the better leagues in the world. Probably number four. All right. Let's do it. Let's get it. Cheers to you, Rager and uh, Sandin. And that's going to bring me to Brotherton Brewing Company and their Green Earth American Pale. Obviously, I was thinking ahead. I bought this last week when I grabbed uh, our last beer, the Evil Twin Brewing uh, Goza. I saw this one. I'm like, oh, that's a green can. Earth Day's coming up. This is for Earth Day week. Duh. And it says green earth on it. I mean, <laughs> how? I mean, this this works out really well. And this is very local to me, too, right? Um, so it's brewed and packaged uh, by the Valenzano and Friends people. Uh, Forkneck Rogue Chamong. I mean, I mean, my cousins grew up in Shemung, uh, you know, Shemung Tabernacle area that's, you know, a, a stone's throw away practically. It's sort of like the next town over, which is Medford gets in the way. <laughs> um, but Brotherton Brewing Company is, is interesting because if you like craft beer or you've been to a craft beer festival, you probably, or, you know, you peruse around the local section of the fridges, you know the name Brotherton. I mean, their IPA is fantastic and pretty famous. Um, you know, they do a lot of uh, festivals, and they have some really good specialty beers. They have their Jersey Devil Double IPA, the Brotherton IPA. Uh, they've done some really interesting things like Raspberry Ganache Stout, a, 
a wee heavy uh, wet hopped ale, a hops cream IPA, the Brotherton Pale Ale. Um, yeah, all of this stuff. It, it's really, really good. As is the Green Earth, but we'll get to that. And they have a ton of different styles, but they don't have a tap room. All they are is a production only facility. Uh, you know, they don't sell uh, beer out of there, they don't do. Uh, you know, they don't have a tap room. You, I mean, you can buy their beer in stores or you could buy kegs, I guess. Kegs, barrels, uh, as much of a supply as they'd let you. Um, I know nothing about the business model of that. Um, I just know that whatever it is that they are doing, they happen to be pretty good at it, which, you know, is good. I'm happy for that, for sure. And this American Pale Ale, as we discussed previously, um, has, um, you know, it's brewed with rye, oats, and Munich malt. So it's got a nice base to it. Um, It's not going to get in the way of each other. So the rye and the hops are going to smooth each other out. The Munich malt is just a great base to lay that over. So everything complements each other there, and Simcoe and Citra, those are two of the more popular hop le- hops in the world right now, and putting them together has been a pretty natural fit, sort of in that brewing world. I think it's fun. Um, so the, the flavors and aromas that they've said, uh, you get the pine definitely from the taste. Um, juicy, resiny, grapefruit, and mango, that's... in the smell, and you get that in the taste as well. The fresh cut grass, I think, matches with the pininess. I think that may end up just sort of depending on your own palate and your own smell, buds, whatever. Um, Orange. I'm kind of getting orange after the fact. Right, like uh, that pucker, that thing, the after taste, the afterburn, really. Um, it's that, it tastes, <coughs> ouch, I sneezed. Sorry, headphones, people. Uh, I had to wipe the dust off the damn growlers, of course. But anyway, as I was saying, the orange seems to be sort of a lingering flavor right like you just bit into the body uh, of an orange and that is actually after you've ended your sip so yeah it's a really it's a well-balanced beer uh it gives you that slight pininess that also sticks in uh it's juicy and hazy um you know for, for a pale ale it's yeah, it's complex and it's fun and it's you know not quite on the IPA level for bitterness, which is fun. Um, maybe I'm talking a lot. Maybe I just really like the beer. I want to have more of it. Right? It makes you want to drink it quickly. 
right? You have to sort of recapture those flavors. Because of the, I guess, the juiciness to it all. And that's, you know, sort of the trend now, the New Englandy styles and, you know, making a beer as juicy as possible. Um, you know, this is still presently a beer. It doesn't drink like juice, but it has a couple of those elements, right, where it would be on the way. This is like a beer that could be halfway to a New England IPA, but it stopped at American Pale Ale and pulled off, and it's like, you know what, this is fine. This is good. I think this is where we want to be. And I think it's where they want to be, too. Um, untapped average for this is a 3.9. Um, I think it's a very good beer. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I'm going to go with a 4. Because I think that's a, that's a fair grade. Just because I think they boast about having so much going on. And I can taste individually each one of those aspects. And I think to have accomplished that is very good. I think it's very drinkable. It looks great in a glass. Um, I love that it's so close. I love that it's delicious. Um, so it's deliciousness, it's complexity, and grade of execution. And I'm not the French judge, so I'm not going to screw them. So I'll give them a four. Yeah, I think it's a very good beer. Good on you, Brotherton. Go green. Um, good on everybody else for staying safe, for listening in. Remember, Sport Chance Pod on Twitter and Instagram. I am Matt Maratea on at mmaratea22 on Twitter. On the Instagram, uh, you can find me there. Read some of my words at Yellowjack. We have a fantastic writing team that I'm helping lead up there. We're doing great work, putting out more and more content these days. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can read more of my work at Medium, uh, especially if you want more beer stuff. A lot of my beer reviews are there. Um, you can find me on Untapped at mmaratea22. You can email the podcast at sporting chance pod uh, gmail.com um lanifee promo code maratea m-a-r-a-t-e-a fnx fit promo code sport chance capital s capital c um thank you all for tuning in this was a sort of a brisk episode i feel um you know but i got it out there i think it's fun just to keep doing it i'm glad that i'm getting a chance to do this uh, more often, more consistently. Um, everybody stay safe. Support local breweries and restaurants. Um, you know, enjoy your families. Enjoy yourselves. Cheers. <laughs>